10 letters, one word. So one of the scariest things all students have to face, internships. They can be very scary when you don't know where to begin, what to do, where to look, but overall, what the hell are you really supposed to do as an intern? So for that, my co-host Aliyah and I have brought over Haley as our special guest speaker to help us kind of figure it out. So Haley, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you as a podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Happy to be here. So you are working at Denson Montgomery in New York right now, right? So I'm working Denson McGarry Bowen in Toronto. Oh, perfect. So can you tell us a bit about what do you do exactly? Like, how did you got there? Because like, you're, you're almost graduating right now. So like, it's awesome that you're finally like working. Yeah, so I, um, I'm working as a copywriter and um, like pretty classic copywriting roles. So doing a lot of commercials, a lot of online stuff. It's a big mix. And I got my job through really through networking. I got introduced to my current boss through a family friend of mine who worked in the industry. Um, he actually was the person who pointed me towards Humber and towards Boca. Um, and I'm so thankful for him because it helped me get to where I am now. But yeah, so he introduced me to my current boss who's the CCO for Dense McCary Bow in Toronto. And we had a really good conversation. He was like, yeah, touch base with me in November. This would have been October of last year. He said, touch base with me in November. We might have some opportunities. And when I reached back out to him, they were looking for someone to start part-time um, and work with one of their art directors who was also working remote um, out of the country. So I started part-time um, while I finished my fall semester. And then in January went full-time because they knew that I was starting a work term. And by February, they offered for me to stay. And it was really, I was like, absolutely. I was really enjoying it. It's a really great group, really great people. And so, um, and I've been there ever since almost, it'll be a year in November. Nice. So our first question today is about networking. Sometimes it can be intimidating to connect with new people or confusing trying to figure out like who to network with. So what are some good tips for putting yourself out there when you're still a student? There are definitely a handful of things that I found really helpful. The first is asking everyone you know if they know someone. Um, surprisingly, the industry, once you know a few people, is very well connected. So. Once you meet a handful of people who work within advertising, you'll get connections through connections. But for me, um, I had a family friend who worked in advertising and he used to be uh, a partner at Grip when Grip was still operating before Dentsu um, ate them up. And um, he really helped me get on my feet in terms of networking, but really just bringing up advertising and casual conversations I had with people I ended up getting connected with a lot of different people, like through volunteer opportunities, I would talk about what I was in school for and someone would be like, oh, you know, I know someone who works in advertising and I'd hit them up. Um, and that was really helpful for me. Also going to industry events was really beneficial. I did a lot of stuff with Ad Club of Toronto. Um, I went to student day one year and then the year after I helped um, with the like volunteer organizing committee and planning it and helping facilitate. And the people who run Ad Club are fantastic. So when I was involved, it was um, Boris Cho, who I know has been like a really good friend of the program and helped our year facilitate our um, portfolio show. And he's been so fantastic in helping me get connected with people and is so great with introducing students to people 
um, all around. And he's like such a great person. And those people, like people who are involved in industry events, whether it's through Ad Club or like I did a lot of events with NABS, which is like the charity um, mental health wellness space for people who specifically work in advertising and marketing. Those people are really, they're there to help you out. And everybody, I think the biggest thing to remember is that everybody started where we were at some point. And so everyone had a connection who helped them out and it makes everyone very willing to help other people. Like since I've started my job, I've been able to like connect some people to my boss when we were looking to hire. And I want to be able to do the same kind of things that people have done for me for more people who are starting up. So I think that's the most valuable thing to remember. And like a lot of people are really just really willing to help and connect you to whoever they can. I love that. Like that kind of aspect, like giving back of like everyone help me. So now like you're in the position of helping everyone. Like that's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. So knowing that you got your internship um, with uh, like you got to know people with like a family friend and everything else. What do you think were the most effective channels you used to get your internship besides that? So like, for example, we like, in classes, for example, they recommend us like go to LinkedIn, go to this side, do this, do whatever. But for you that you've been through this already. So what were the most effective channels for you? Yeah, for sure. So before I worked at Dentsu, I had two other internships um, and I came about those ones in different ways as well. So in summer of 2020, I interned as a writer with a mental health charity called Jack.org. And I got that job just through having previously been involved and having good connections with people. So um, what I would say to that, I mean, it's not super helpful because I had a pre-existing relationship, but I think you never know where an opportunity is going to come from. So being able to be involved in lots of different things, like especially through school, like volunteering or doing clubs or just just having some like diverse involvement and diverse experience. And I mean, it doesn't hurt to have lots of experience because it helps you build your resume, but you never know where an opportunity might come up. And so summer 2020, when like every internship program that I had applied for was canceled, um, Jack.org happened to have support through, I think it was like the Canada Summer Jobs Grant. It's like a Government of Canada grant. And they were still looking for interns and they were going to do the whole remote thing because they felt that they were in a good enough groove and knowing me and knowing what I was in school for, they reached out to me and it ended up working out really well. And I worked there over the summer. So like never knowing where something might come up from. And then I also interned last fall um, for a Chicago-based agency called Fusion 92. And what that really came down to was just apparently having a strong LinkedIn profile because they, one of their recruiters reached out to me and said, would you be interested in interning? Um, and I said, yes. <laughs> and then I worked there for about three months and it was a really cool experience. And I think just knowing like a handful of keywords, really making sure that all of your experience is there, having like a headshot and a lot of people don't have cover photos on LinkedIn, which I think is so underrated. Yeah. It's such a great way to like finesse your branding. So just having like a really solid profile recruiters can and will find you. And so that was really helpful for me. Um, and that was my first agency experience. So like having a couple months under my belt when then I got introduced to my current boss, it was really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Speaking of internships, we have to get through the dreaded interview. <laughs> How was that for you? Were you nervous the first time? Yeah, definitely nervous. I have to say one of the benefits of everything being virtual was that I could have like my bullet points up on my screen beside the interviewer, um, like one screen here, one screen there. But 
um, for like in-person interviewing even before that. Yeah, definitely. There were definitely a lot of nerves. I think what helped me was I always had this like go-to list of notes in my phone, just like talking points about myself, like common interview questions that you might get asked. And I would read them through either side by side with my interviewer, if it was remote or just like before I stepped into the room, I found that that like really grounded me, reminded me of things I wanted to hit on and was really helpful. Um, but I think it comes down to knowing how to market yourself. Like if you're the product, what are you going to say about yourself? Um, and how can you spin it to make what you've done and what your experience has been sound really beneficial? Like for me, I did previous jobs in retail and in customer service. So I'd be like, yeah, like I know how to sell like person to person and I can speak really well to the clothing brand that I was working for at the time. And um, working in customer service, like I used to work reception at a swim school. And so I was, I was really good at um, verbal and written communication. And like my, my in-person sales skills were strong, like getting to register people for swimming lessons or something like that. Like <laughs> knowing how to, knowing how to position what you've done in a way that's going to help you get the job that you're looking for, I find is really beneficial. And just knowing like how to sell yourself. Like if, if you're the product, what are you going to do to make yourself interesting? What are you going to do to set yourself apart? And then it's really commonly said, but knowing at the end of an interview, what kind of questions to ask is also really helpful and like really helps you stand out. Um, a lot of the time asking about, for me, I found it interesting to hear on my end because like, this is where it's your turn to ask some questions for your own knowledge. I would always ask about company culture uh, because in the decision-making process for yourself, like you have to want this, if they, if they offer you the job, that's great, but you also have to want to work there. So knowing a bit about what the work-life balance is like, like, are there social events, things like that, like were really important to me. So asking those kinds of questions, but I never got the opportunity to ask this one, but one of the best ones I've ever heard is asking an interviewer, do you have any concerns or doubts about me that I can address for you now? I think it's such a power move to be able to show a that you're willing to take criticism right away and be like showing that you're willing to address their concerns i think it's such like such an awesome power stance to take at the end of an interview um and then besides that i think just being ready to talk about work you like like if you're interviewing for a job in advertising like be ready to talk about a handful of ads that you really like and why um, because it's it's one of the most common questions that people ask even if it's just to break the ice but knowing like a handful of things going on in the industry, a handful of good ads that are out there right now and being ready to talk about them is really helpful. I think that remembering to ask the last question is such a, an important point because we get so yeah. focused in just getting through the interview, we forget to like what what's best for us as well, right? I think that's a really good point. So what about rejection? Any advice on how to stay positive? Yeah, for sure. Um, the worst part, is that a lot of rejection is just never hearing back. Like if, if you're in the first round of an interview and they interview 20 people and you're not chosen to move to the next round, a lot of the times you don't hear anything. Um, and being okay with like never hearing back is, I'm probably still not okay with it, to be <laughs> honest. Like it, it sucks not knowing. And then not, not receiving that, like letting you know, it's hard because you never get to ask for feedback or, stay connected with that person be like it was really nice getting to know you like there are things you can do to leave a positive impression even if you get turned down but if you never hear back um you don't get the opportunity to do that which I think is difficult and was definitely it's like 
mentally straining to wonder um, and it can be challenging so keeping keeping positive being ready to just not hear back and then also don't don't stop interviewing or hustling until you have a contract in your hand like right even if even if you think you knocked the interview out of the park and you have a couple other like coffee chats or potentially other interviews lined up don't stop interviewing until like you have a signed piece of paper that says you have the job because even if it goes really well and you and all signs point to you getting the job you don't know what can happen or if something changes or if somebody like meets a child of a client or a connection of somebody who already works in on the team like things can change so I think just like remembering to keep going until you really have something set in stone is really helpful um, and it it gets you in a really good groove and also if nothing else continuous interview experience is going to build your confidence as well um, and then the other thing with rejection is the post rejection email is like a real game changer and I remember seeing somebody post a screenshot of a LinkedIn post in the Boca Facebook group. I think it was before I even started the program. It was like the summer before first year. I'm pretty sure it might have been Richard who shared it. And <laughs> I have kept this screenshot in my phone and I refer back to it anytime I get a rejection. And basically, um, I'll sum it up for you. What it says is when you get a rejection, take 10 minutes, write an email, put some thought into it. And it can be a real game changer because the truth is you don't know if you were second on their list. And if somebody gets an offer and doesn't take the job and you've sent this fantastic email and left them with a good taste in their mouth, they might come back to you or they might think of you when you have another opportunity. So you write them an email, you thank them for the opportunity. Um, if you feel comfortable and confident to ask them for feedback, say, I'm curious to know other things I can do to improve for next time. Give them your resume, attach it to the email, say this is for your records in case something comes up and let them know that you're really interested to see what happens and you wish them the best of luck. Like I'm going to be keeping up with your company and I'm really interested to see what happens um, and I'll be following your progress. And not a lot of people send those emails. And again, like if something changes or if something opens up down the road and they remember, oh, like Haley, she sent that really great email after her interview. I'm going to reach back out to her for this it can it can be a real game changer and if not you're just leaving bits and pieces of positive impressions everywhere you go because maybe their friend is in hr at another place and they'll be like hey i interviewed this girl like did you ever come across her and they'll be like yeah you know what she's actually really cool and i think it's like such an underrated thing but it can be really beneficial yeah completely and like what you were saying about like not everyone does it i feel like when you're still in like a lower year first and second year you're not thinking about it that much and you're kind of like terrified of doing it like oh my god they rejected me so how am i gonna like be so sweet and tell them like well thank you like i appreciate everything else but when you start like growing up and you go through like more experiences you kind of realize that this whole industry is all about connections and it, it's so mm -hmm. beautiful at the end of the day because like I know that, for example, in 20 years, something like that, I may need a favor from Aaliyah. And I know she's going to be there because I'm going to leave a very, I hope I leave a very positive note <laughs> with her when we graduate. But yeah, that, that that's a really beautiful and positive like outlook on how to like see everything. So mm -hmm. getting the internship is a hard part. But now the real deal comes when you're supposed to start like your job. You got it. Congratulations. Here's your internship. So I feel that's something that is kind of scary and intimidating is always the first day. So you really have no clue what you're doing, especially if it's like your first 
like internship in your entire life and it's like Goliath facing like the giant it feels like that so when you first started did you notice like there were some like general expectations that all your superiors may have of you as an intern like did you notice anything that you were like okay yeah I'm an intern I'm supposed to be doing this um first of all so I think I mean every place is a little bit different um there's definitely a difference between going in somewhere with an internship program um, because often I didn't do anything that was like that structured but I know from like my friends experience from colleagues experience a lot of those programs they have a little bit more uh, training or handholding or introduction built in I got chucked right into the deep end um, in all three of my experiences you get thrown right in and there there isn't um a course outline or a rubric or something outlining to the expectations and you just kind of have to hit the ground running um, but don't be afraid to ask questions like they know if you're an intern or if you're even as a junior like if they if they know this is your first job they know you're going to have questions but they're not going to hold your hand and you have to be ready to ask for help or ask for clarification or ask questions when you need to because no one is going to assume that you have a question so just being ready to advocate for yourself and ask those questions I think it's really important and a lot of times people like feel embarrassed if they don't know like for example I find advertising has like seven billion acronyms and if I don't know what like one of them stands for no one's going to assume that and tell me so just remembering to make space for you to ask questions and learn is really really valuable and as you do that it also reminds the people around you that this is the first time you're doing something so like if I'm asking a question then they'll remember for next time oh yeah like this might be her first time like recording a radio ad like let's make sure she has the support she needs and like we spend a bit of time like prepping for it and making sure that like you're ready um in addition to that I think it's helpful to go in like knowing a little bit like do your research where you can um you pro like assuming you've already gotten the job you probably already know a bit about the agency like what are their current clients what are their current projects if you don't then knowing that when you come in is really helpful um just so that you can like be ready to jump in on different projects so one of the first projects I worked on at Dentsu was with Lexus and so knowing that they worked with Lexus and knowing a bit about the brand was really helpful for me when I was jumping headfirst into writing for them um, and then I think the other thing that's really valuable and is really um, underrated is networking within the company when you start there, um, making sure that you're saving time to build relationships, finding out about what things people are working on, um, and just getting to know in general, like the people on your team, the account people that are on the clients that you're going to be working on, and having those people have a good impression of you will help you down the road. Um, and knowing what projects are going on is a really cool way to make space for yourself. Like, for example, if I'm talking to someone and they say, oh, yeah, we're working on this really big campaign for like KFC, for example, and like we're selling a new like French fry combo. And then I can like sit and reserve some time to come up with a few ideas. And if I suggest one they like, then that might be my way to wiggle into that project and get some extra experience. Like one of the first things, one of the creative directors in our Montreal office a fantastic guy and spent some time like chatting with me when I started and he was like yeah we me and my partner when we started we used to stay late and steal the briefs so that we could like suggest ideas and wiggle our way into projects it's 
like just knowing what's going on and being able to put yourself in positions to succeed, I think is, it's really helpful. And just getting to know people and making a good first impression will make them want to work with you. So if, if you make a really good impression with an account team, for example, on a client that you're interested in working on, then they might think of you for the next thing that comes up. Yeah, totally. Like that first impression always going to be important. Yeah. <laughs> so after getting the first day out of the way, how did you settle into work, like your work routine, especially being that it's online now because of COVID? So it was... It was definitely interesting and a little bit of a challenge because it, the online work world was very different. Um, I would for sure say that having done school online, at least for a little bit, was incredibly clutch. Like it was so helpful having had to work with people online before doing projects, like communicating over messages or Facebook chat or WhatsApp or whatever it was, like taking that and then jumping to Slack or to Microsoft Teams or whatever you're working on having had that experience, excuse me, of knowing how to communicate already in these virtual environments was really helpful. I think the other thing that was challenging about virtual work is if you're sitting at home in front of your computer and you have nothing to do, or you're trying to work on a project, but you don't, maybe you don't know what you're doing and you have to ask some questions. It's not like your boss is sitting at the next table and will look right. over and be like, Hey, like do you need something to yeah. do or hey, do you need some help? You have to go out of your way to find those opportunities to connect or to ask questions or like for me I I work with my partner and she and I will just like sit on a video call and work and we're not necessarily talking or working even on the same thing at the same time but having each other there it's like mm -hmm. if we were sitting side by side in an office and that way like I can ask her like what do you think of this like does it sound okay and she'll show me something and I'll be like maybe we'll change the color of that and those kinds of opportunities you miss them when you're online. Um, similarly, you have to create space to get to know people um, because it's not like you linger around after a meeting in a boardroom because everybody just hangs up. So I went out of my way to like have coffees with some people and get to know them. We, our team often has like virtual happy hour on Friday afternoon. So like I've become the go-to person who sets up those calls every couple weeks and it's created a space for me to get to know people. And especially like now that things are starting to calm down and um, the office is starting to reopen, we we're going out of our way to create just social opportunities, even like to hang out, to meet up um, and to get to know each other, like in real life, which is so nice because a lot of us haven't seen each other outside of our screens. Um, and then I'd say in terms of like starting at work, school does prepare you like this program prepares you quite well it tells you a lot about coming up with good ideas how to present to client how to work with people in that sense you're really well trained and well positioned to succeed but where i think there's not falter but a lot to learn is when it what happens when your work goes into production because like i had absolutely no idea what i was doing like <laughs> once, once, our script, once our script got approved and they're like yeah so do you have any directors you're interested in working with and like we have to brief the director now and brief the music people who are going to make the music for the spot like that stuff was completely new to me and so again like I just had to remember to ask questions and to just get get that extra support as you go along and make sure that people again that they know that it's your first experience with it because as much as it can be like 
not a little embarrassing, but like maybe even just a hit to your pride to be like, by the way, like this is my first commercial. Like if there's anything I should know, please tell me. Um, it's it's helpful. And even if you can, like before you're writing your first script or working on your first big TV spot, like finding an opportunity to shadow a shoot or an oppor- or an opportunity to just be a fly on the wall in a couple of meetings, that was really helpful for me. So one of our creative directors like asked me to, brainstorm a couple ideas for a project and then I ended up just kind of like following along on the on the whole thing and getting to go to the shoot um in COVID which was a whole other (laughs) experience in itself but just having the opportunity to like witness it before I had to jump in and do it myself I found really helpful um but that side like the production side is very foreign I think in terms of what we learn and what we're trained to do so just asking questions and learning as you go and making sure that you have the support you need to be successful is the best thing that you can do. Yeah, completely. Actually, you answered like the next question we had for you. Like how much do you think the work environment kind of like differs what, what school has prepared us for? Like you answered it perfectly. And I feel like what you said about shadow work is something so, so important. Like I, I learned it, but because I've had the opportunity and the blessing of doing an internship before, um, and I was so scared of like doing something. I'm like, you know what? Can I just follow you as creepy as it sounds, but can I just follow you around? And it's such a tip that I would have liked someone to tell me when I was a first year or second year, like, you know what? Don't be embarrassed. Like these people know, they, they already did what you do. So like, just follow them around, just ask around. Like, I feel it's something that needs to kind of be engraved into our brains. And as you said, sometimes it feels like kind of taking a hit at your pride or your ego. Cause like no one wants to admit when you don't know something no one likes that but we're still students so like I'm glad that you feel that way too and I'm glad that we are learning that lesson as well so we can pass it along to to younger years hopefully yeah and I think even like getting the opportunity to shadow once you're already on the job is fantastic and it also serves as a way for people to get to know you but a lot of the time people who you're networking with will be willing to like take you around their office or let you yeah let you meet people or let you go to something like when I was in second year, um, I got connected through, so the company my dad works for, their agency is Arrivals and Departures, um, which is a fantastic agency, like great vibes. And through him, I was able to be introduced to their CCO, Jeff. And of course, like when someone's like, oh, client's kid wants to like learn about the agency, they're going to like roll out the red carpet for you. So it's a really cool experience. And they took me with them to like a color transfer. So I got to see like some of their post-production and walk around their office. And he was like, if you ever want to be a fly on the wall in one of our meetings, let me know. Um, and people are really willing to like give you a window into their, into their work life. And taking advantage of those opportunities is so, so crucial, I think. And just like soaking up everything you can and not saying no to the opportunity to see anything, even if it's like, something you're like oh I'm kind of familiar with this like maybe I don't really need to just going and soaking it in and being a sponge and you never know who you might meet at those things as well like when I went to this um color transfer with arrivals and departures it was at a post house called the vanity which now we work very close with so I have just like a bit of familiarity with them which was really good for me when I was starting Uh, you never know like what something you do now or sorry, like how something you do now will benefit you later. Piggybacking to that preparation point, I think that's so reassuring for students to hear, at least for me. 
because I think one of the biggest causes for stress or some anxious feeling coming to the end of your program is knowing is have what I've been taught going to like translate to the workforce, right? So mm -hmm. it's good to hear that VOCA has laid the foundation for you to be able to build or step forward into your internships. Yeah, and I think one of the like most underrated things about VOCA, and it's also why people like hiring out of our program, is that even though you've picked a specialty, like you've decided you're a writer, or you're an art director, or you're an account person, or you're a strategist, you know a bit about it all. Right. And yeah. that that comes in clutch. Like when I started um, part time at my current job, the girl I was working with was out sick one day, or was out sick for a few days and I was able to like step into her files make the changes they needed to copy and like set it up to look nice like I knew how to do those things which most people don't know so being able to like wear multiple hats and be a little bit versatile and be a little bit capable and like jump in on things if someone's like does anyone have an extra minute to help with this and I can be like yes I do I know how to do that it's it's such an underrated skill because a lot of people are like coming out of a graphic design program like they don't know how to write or coming out of a writing program like they know nothing about adobe suite and so having a little bit of skill in all of those different areas is is such an underrated and such a helpful thing like it shows and demonstrates your value and your like interdisciplinary skills so Haley, you gave us a lot of important and insightful points today but if we could have a single takeaway of everything we talked about, what would it be? I think the most important thing that I can say, like with everything that you do and every networking experience or every interview experience or every, like every interaction you have with any person in the industry, even if it's just like having a casual conversation with someone and you happen upon the fact that they're in advertising, you always have to be thinking about the impression that you're leaving. It is such a small world and like you can play six degrees of separation and everyone you know will know somebody who you've had a personal experience with. So no matter what size of an interaction, even if it's like a phone call, an email, every conversation you have with someone and every interaction you have anywhere in the industry is an opportunity to leave a good impression and to like brand yourself positively. And I think that it's, it's such an underrated thing, but like if you're an asshole to one person and they know six people, like those six people aren't going to want to hire you. Like you've left a bad taste in someone's mouth. So no matter if it's a rejection, if it's a networking call, if it's something as simple as like, reaching out to someone in an email for a portfolio show. Like I worked on the fourth year portfolio show and I reached out to a lot of industry people, like everybody compiled a list of their connections and we reached out to invite people to our show and having like your name at the bottom of an email that sounds really good and is really pleasant and interesting. The, it just gives you an opportunity for them to remember who you are. And I think that that is just really important in setting yourself up for success because you never know when that person is going to show up again in your life or help you down the line. Well, that guys was the big idea. Thank you so much, Haley, for joining us today. And to all of you listening, we'll see you again in a few seconds. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.